Hi, babes. Welcome to The Pleasure Portal, a podcast for women desiring to embody their fierce, wild, feminine magic, reclaim their deepest soul desires, and unleash the passion, pleasure, and fulfillment they know in their bones is their birthright. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant, a love, intimacy, and relationship educator and pleasure alchemist. I'm curious, has your pleasure ever been on the back burner? Have you ever felt like your pleasure doesn't matter? Have you experienced your feminine power being minimized, ignored, or suppressed? If so, this is the place for you. Because in this podcast, we're writing a whole new story together. We're a community of fierce femmes who are done with the binds of repression. We're the women who desire a pleasurable sex life, sacred connection with ourselves, and intimate partnership with another without having to give up or hide parts of who we are. We're the modern witches who until now have had to hide or suppress our sacred gifts. Together, we're unhooking from the binds that mute our greatest expression. We're dialing up that turn on full tilt. We're creating right relationship with our emotions, our power, our enchantment alchemy, and our womb wisdom. Each episode, I'll bring to you a mix of pleasure alchemy, embodiment education, love, sex, and relationship insights, and ultimately an invitation home to your fierce feminine magic. We are reclaiming it all. Down and in we go. Hello, loves. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to bring this wonderful interview to you today. It is with my dear friend, sister, fellow love and relationship teacher and coach, Kate Harlow. And in this episode, given that we are stepping into February, which is usually known for being the month of love, we thought we would jam on an age-old question. Why are there no good men in my city? And it was a beautiful launching spot for this conversation about dating and relationships and pleasure. And I am so excited for you to hear it. So if that has ever been a thought that's crossed your mind, either in your recent dating life or at some point in your dating life where you've been really frustrated about the prospects in your city, this conversation is for you. So sit down, grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine, get in on this girl chat because it is like sitting next to us in a coffee shop, shooting the shit, having a great time talking all things, love, dating, relationships, and finding people who are actually aligned for what you're looking for. Enjoy. Hello friends and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited today because I have my beautiful friend, Kate Harlow, joining me for a very special interview. Y'all are just going to love this bright beam of love and light. Like she is such a radiant presence on this planet. And I am so blessed to call her a best friend and a sister. And I honestly, Kate, I can't imagine us like living life without each other, even though we went, what, like 36 years, at least for me. I think I was 36 when I met you. I don't even know. I don't know how old I am most days. So about that, about, <laughs> about 36 or 37 years before I knew you. And it feels like I've known you my whole life and lifetimes before. And I can't imagine my life without you in it. So I'm 
really excited for everyone in our community here to get to experience you because you've been such a blessing to my life. And, you know, this year has been a challenging one navigating the end of a relationship. And you've been such an anchor for me in especially reflecting back who I actually am in those moments that I forget. Like everyone needs a Kate. Kate is like the ultimate cheerleader. Mm. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> like anytime that I feel down or I feel disconnected from myself, you just have this wonderful, magical way of zoning in and speaking right to the heart of the matter and mm. reminding me of who I am when I I've forgotten. And that is a gift that I cherish so deeply every single day. You're literally in my gratitude practice every day. And I just hope that everyone listening today just gets an activation of that in their life. And so that they can go out and find their own Kate because (laughs) you are so special and you're so wise and fun and playful and the world just needs more of you. So welcome. Thank you. Love you so much. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also have a crush on you, so you get extra, extra, extra love, (laughs) but thank you. That's it. It's, it's so cool. Cause when you said she see I can't remember exactly how you said it but I see right through to who you really are and mm-hmm. that's what that's my work in the world that's what I do with women is I see who they are to the core and women are mm-hmm. so disillusioned and disconnected and disassociated from who they are so I love mm-hmm. that that was what you reflected because I think that's my gift in the world <laughs> it is definitely your gift in the world so excited so today we have a really special conversation um because this is something that i hear a lot in my work and you hear a lot in your work like why are there no good men why are there no good women why are there no good people in my city why why it must be my city it must be my city so we're gonna riff on that and see where we go because this is such a hot topic and to have legendary love and extraordinary partnership, there is a level of mindset work and heart set work that has has to be done. And challenging this belief, at least for me, was the first step into opening this portal of extraordinary love and extraordinary friendship and extraordinary connection in my life. So I'm so excited to jam on this with you. <laughs> Me too. This is the number one statement that I hear from women yeah. before yeah. they start working with me all over the world. There's no good men in Sydney. There's no good men in LA. There's no good men in New York. There's no good men in Vancouver. Like these are big cities. There's a big lot cities. of people in these cities. <laughs> so many people. And mm-hmm. to hold that paradigm of like, there's no good men. In what ways do you see that impacting how women specifically, because we're speaking to women on this podcast. So how do you see that that impacts how they relate in the dating space when that paradigm or that belief is operating? Well, I really am such a strong believer in we create our own reality. And I know that I experienced that in my own life. And, you know, if you believe, uh, if you believe something, you will absolutely create a world in which that's what you see. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like the reticular activator, you know, when you go shopping for a new car and then all of a sudden you thought that it was a rare car and then you see it, you see that car in the same color everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
it's the same thing like that. The reticular activator is activated. You are believing this so strongly to be true and therefore you cannot see anything else. And so I always say with my clients, like when you start to practice cultivating and collecting new evidence, contrary to the belief, right? Like opposite to that belief. There Mm -hmm. are so many amazing men in Vancouver. Wow. Mm -hmm. I love all the encounters and then start to imagine and think about all the amazing men that you know, Mm -hmm. and, and all of the amazing men who you've yet to meet and just really spending your time cultivating that energy within yourself and collecting new evidence. We have to train our brains Mm -hmm. to look for something else. And if we keep looking for the thing that we, that this limited way of thinking, you're going to keep experiencing that. And the reality Mm -hmm. is, I mean, God, 7.5 billion people, there's a fuck ton of amazing men and women, Mm -hmm. you know, and I also think the limitation of us thinking we know what we want in love or thinking, (laughs) I mean, this, like even that, even there's no good men is like, you don't know what your soul is meant to experience. I've had three dear, dear friends of mine who have fallen in love with a woman Mm -hmm. and it was completely not because they were looking for a woman, not because they were resistant to men, not because they identified with even being lesbian or bisexual, they absolutely just fell in love with a woman, which mm-hmm. is also possible. Mm-hmm. So when we get out of all these narratives and stories that we're buying into that are completely keeping us disassociated from the infinite possibility that we have available to us, we get to experience something totally different. Mm-hmm. I love this so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. we're very much on the same path with this yes. because with everything, with everything, <laughs> yeah. of course. And when I first moved to Vancouver, that was a lot of the, the narrative that was happening that I was hearing from other people. Like there's no good men there. Like everyone's so unfriendly in Vancouver. I'm like, that has not been my experience here. Yeah. And I even just had an experience coming home from my hair appointment today and I was in the elevator and this guy who was, I think he is uh, doing some maintenance on one of the apartments in my place. And so he, he's like, can I get in the elevator with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. Of course. And he's this older gentleman, like really sweet. I've seen him before. And he was like, is it nice outside today? Yeah, it really is. It's so beautiful. It's sunny. It's gorgeous. And he's like, is that because of you? I was like, yeah, it is actually. (laughs) I'm the creator of my reality and I like to bring sunshine wherever I go. And it was just this beautiful human to human interaction, split Mm -hmm. second, like an elevator ride up three stories is not a very long time to be spending in conversation with someone. But it was this beautiful moment in time where I'm like, wow, there are such good experiences, people, men in this city. And so I have just trained my brain, like you said, over the last decade, you know, more like 15 years of training myself to look for the evidence to which serves me, because Mm -hmm. no matter what we want to look for, we're going to find, like, if I wanted to find evidence of the contrary, I would find it. And I had to really look at, well, what feels better to me? Like what Mm -hmm. actually has me expand into my greatest potential? If I want a partnership, but at the same time, I don't believe that it's possible, or I don't believe that men like that exist or women like that exist or people like that exist, how am I ever going to create that for myself? Because I have no anchor point. I have no evidence. And so that's really where it began for me is like creating evidence 
to even just like the baseline of like people in this city are friendly. People in this city want to connect. So that really started to shift my my energetics of operating in this city. And so when people would come to Vancouver and they're like, oh, people are so not friendly. I'm like, that's not my experience. And I, I take a look at who I'm being, like, who am I being walking down the street that mm-hmm. my experience is that people are friendly? Well, and this is like way before the pandemic. So like we weren't wearing masks. So I smile and I also smile with my eyes because I've been a performer my whole life. And I make sure that my energy is bright and boundaried, but open. And that really causes a lot of magical serendipitous moments in time, like in the elevator where it's just a nice, you know, human to human interaction. So what, what is something that you've done personally to cultivate that mindset for yourself? Yeah, I love that. I was, it just made me think of, um, you might have to ask me the question again, but I just have oh, one yeah. little tangent. It just made me think of Joe Dispenza. We both love Dr. Mm-hmm. Joe Dispenza and his meditations are amazing. And one thing he talks about in his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, is how we're taught cause and effect in this world. It's like, change your external world and then you'll feel better. So if there's no good men in Vancouver, what most women would do is think, okay, I got to move cities. Maybe if I move to Calgary, there'll be more men. Maybe if I move to Toronto or LA, there'll be more men. Mm-hmm. And yet wherever you go, there you are, right? We mm-hmm. are we are creatures of habit and your all of your patterns and all of your protective mechanisms come with you. But so when we ch- shift our internal world, I mean, even if, even as you were talking, even if the, the, the law of attraction and being the creator of your own reality and manifesting wasn't even real, wouldn't you rather feel good <laughs> and believe mm-hmm. things that actually feel good in your body? I mean, yes. the magic does exist. I, I guarantee it. We have, you know, mm-hmm. we have Oodles many, many, many chapters of our books with um, experience. But even if it didn't, for all the skeptics listening, mm-hmm. is like, you wouldn't you rather feel better? Wouldn't you rather yeah. believe something that feels good and start to look for evidence to prove that that's true? And mm-hmm. every time I have a, a journal that's called my proof of magic journal, and every time something serendipitous like your elevator encounter happens, where it mm. proves the evidence you're looking to create and that there is magic everywhere. And that life is abundant in all ways. And that there are, um, you know, countless, endless amazing humans on this planet that we're meant to do this dance with that uh, that's the evidence i'm always collecting right Mm -hmm. getting back coming back to the proof of magic journal and reminding myself that magic is the my reality rather than being in this victim mentality this this suffering mentality of Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna think shitty things all day long not take any responsibility for my thoughts and Mm -hmm. my actions and I'm just going to complain about my life and how shitty it is. At, at, oh my gosh, I can't talk today. How <laughs> shitty it is rather than actually choosing to create a life that feels amazing. Mm-hmm. I feel you so much, especially with the complaining piece. Mm-hmm. That was a big part of the cleanup of my mindset was really being strict with myself of having a no complaining and no gossiping policy. So I will not talk about someone in a light that is not favorable to them unless they are in front of me and I'm having a direct conversation with them. And it's something that I need to clean up with them. 
And so even just taking out gossip and taking out complaining, all of a sudden, now my creative energy has to expand. It has to look for something else. It has to move in new directions. So all that's happening with complaining is we're using our creativity. We're using our creative energy to generate more of what we don't want. Complaining doesn't change your reality. Like, I don't know if anyone listening has ever tried to complain to a partner and as like the avenue or the gateway to get their behavior to change and have that work. Cause I have never seen that work. It might work yeah, no. temporarily <laughs> where they do it out of resentment, but there's still like that lack of connection because they're not changing because they want to, because it's inspired. It's coming from the internal. It's because it's coming from this place of, Oh, I just have to placate this person, get them off my back, like shut them up. And then this resentment and, you know, the connection is severed in many, many ways. And we still feel alone. And so complaining will never create the type of love that your heart is often longing for. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know many people who are longing for relationships that are full of trial and tribulation and conflict and misunderstanding. Like that's not usually what we're dreaming of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Living my dream life, complaining about everything. And look, the blue sky is coming out as you're speaking. I know. I know. It's so it, sunny right now. It's, so it's amazing. And the snow capped mountains is so beautiful out my window. Um, yeah. As you're talking about complaining, I'm just thinking like, how like this is the way to keep yourself powerless. If you're complaining that there's no good men in the city or there's no, um, there there's, you know, your ideal partner doesn't exist or you'll never find love or you're going to be single forever or whatever the focal point is that keeps you completely powerless. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. disempowered. There's nowhere to go from there. No, you know, as soon as you, that becomes your, your anchor, like you you hold on to that being an absolute, Mm -hmm. you have nowhere to go from there. You're just going to get more. You talk about the shit, complain about the shit. You're going to get more shit rather than, mm -hmm. you know, talk about the magic, it, share the magic. You get more magic. And it's yeah. not to say, not to discount like venting and processing mm -hmm. our stuff. You know, certainly totally. we don't gossip about other people, but if something's going on, let's say in my romantic relationship, you and I will talk and I won't yeah. bash the, my partner. Mm -hmm. I will I will debrief and I will vent, you know, what's going on for me and what my pain is and what my struggles are and whatever. And it, but it's not to attack the other person. The no. intent is to clear whatever's happening for us. Mm -hmm. So it, mm -hmm. yeah, not to, not to leap over or discount our feelings because yeah. they're absolutely valid and important to be felt um, in the process of reclaiming our power. But it's mm -hmm. the story that is the, that's the sticky place. That's yeah. where we get stuck. And so coming back to, you asked me a question earlier about mindset mm -hmm. um, and how, what I did differently. It's like, yeah. I really started to unpack all of the stories that I was believing about life, mm -hmm. about the world, about myself in my work, um, the storyteller in your head, I call it your saboteur. Mm -hmm. And there's different aspects to the saboteur. And the saboteur is the part of us that's constantly spinning these fear-based stories to keep us from fully being who we are. Because yes. once upon a time when we were little and we were wildly expressed as who we are, we got shut down for it. And in many, 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 many ways. And so that part of us believes that it still needs to protect us and keep us small mm -hmm. and keep us you know, in that, like, and keeping us small, gossiping and complaining is one of the ways that people keep each other small. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Where they just want to go gossip to their friends about even about Donald Trump. It's like yeah. how much time is wasted talking about things that are none of your business or completely out of your control or somebody else's mm-hmm. world. Yeah. What somebody else is doing right or wrong is not your prerogative. The only car that you're here to drive is your own. Mm-hmm. And yet we spend so much. We waste countless hours mm-hmm. pointing the finger over there, talking about what everyone else is doing wrong complaining about our situation as if we have no control over it yeah. and completely missing the magic that is available and and missing the essence of who we are, missing the magic of our own souls, the beauty of our mm. own being, because we stay stuck in storyland. And that's what I call your saboteur, which is your built-in protective mechanisms stopping you from actually being fully and wildly expressed as who you are in the world. Mm. I love that so much. Like when I first got into the world of personal development, I did landmark and, you know, I have my, my own thoughts on the organization, but what I will say is that there are so many golden nuggets that I got from that training that have forever altered who I am for the better. Mm -hmm. And one of those, (laughs) this is the best. So in one of the courses, they have you, write uh, a story, like write down like an area of your life where you're feeling challenged. So back when I was doing this is like 12 years ago, there was this guy at my gym who looked like my ex. And every time he would come to the gym, I would get all flustered. I would like lose my ability to speak. Aww. Like I, I was just like really bothered by this. And I remember that was the thing I wanted to focus on for this exercise. So they have you like write it out they pair you off with someone and then you read the story until you get it. That's the only directive you get. And so I get paired with someone who is now one of my great friends and <laughs> we were like the last two in a community of like 150 people to actually get what this exercise is all about. And the exercise was you read your story over and over and over until you realize that it's just a story that that you've associated all of this meaning to a situation where the facts are, there is a guy who has blonde hair, blue eyes, a similar body type to someone that you dated once who also goes to your gym at the same time as you. That's, that's the fact of the matter. Everything else was story. Everything else was meaning that I was attaching or meaning that I was making around what what the facts were. And they were wildly disempowering, (laughs) like wildly disempowering. And so once I had that aha moment, I'm like, oh my God, this is gold. I'm like, I'm not going to try and eradicate that part of my brain that is meaning making, that is making up stories. But what if I applied it to making meaning and stories that actually served who I'm becoming? Mm -hmm. And so that's really where cleanup and aisle five started to happen, you know, of, (laughs) oh, what is the meaning I'm making here? And does that serve me? Like, how is that impacting how I'm interacting with this person? Well, clearly with the guy at the gym, my story about it is impacting my ability to just be a functional human in his presence. (laughs) He's probably like, who is this person? Can't even speak. (laughs) And like, it's just like a beet red tomato every time I walk past her. Like she's not pedaling that hard on the bike. (laughs) (laughs) So 
so cute. Oh, I want to see that you. That's how Leah um, gets when, whenever she sees the firefighters outside because mm-hmm. I live right by the fire hall. And every time she sees one, you know, she gets like so awkward. And, yeah. She calls it so Ako Taco. Ako Taco. So cute. Yeah. It's so cute so cute but like and when we can even look at those parts of ourselves through those lies or lies through those eyes of endearment I'm like that is cute yes. like oh cute yeah. me like look I didn't know any better like yes. look at me doing that yes. human thing and I love that. now that I know better I can do better I can do different and start exploring meaning or story or narrative in a way that serves me, which I imagine is very similar to the work that you do with people's heroin. Cause you, you yes. do this work with their saboteur and their heroine. And I imagine their heroine has a lot to do with telling a different story. Is yes, that it's about rewriting it? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's okay, like, great. cause, cause the, where it came from is essentially our saboteur is like the script that was handed to us when we were little. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is who you are. Someone else gave us a name. Someone else gave us a religion for many people. Some of us gave us our belief systems, our fears, our worries, our doubts, like all the things that get passed down Mm -hmm. from generation to generation in our family system. And then all the conditioning that comes from the external, from the media, from social media, from our, our, anyone who influenced us as children. And so we have the script and most people, I mean, if I had a dollar for how many women I work with mostly powerful divorced women who are now like, okay, I did all the things and that wasn't the thing. So what's the thing? Um, and most women are like, but I did everything. I checked all the boxes. I followed all the rules and I'm still not happy or I'm anxious mm-hmm. as fuck or I'm miserable. Why? And it's because that script that you're following is not your own. Mm-hmm. Someone else handed it to you. And so when you get to know your saboteur intimately and the, the saboteur work is not about disowning or or even uh, condemning this part of ourselves, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it is about embracing and getting to know her. Like she's your like little sister. She's your roommate. She She's always going to be there, but not letting this part of you lead your life. And when you start to externalize that part of you and you start to see all the narratives and all the stories and all the p- beliefs that she's carrying that are stopping you from being that wildly expressed woman that you are underneath it all you like as long as she's leading you are disconnected from the magic and beauty of your own Mm -hmm. soul and what you're here to do so the heroine is about rewriting the story it's like you have now have a blank book in front of you who are you? And the potential is infinite. And I think like on my journey, I've become so many different iterations of myself. And if I look back 15 years ago, prior to this journey of personal development and waking up who I really am and untangling from all those ways of being that aren't actually me that were conditioned and came from trauma. And when I look back like 15 years ago, there's no way I would have ever, I mean, the dreamer, innocent part of me would be able to dream up the life I had now, but my saboteur wouldn't have believed that this was possible for me to be where I am and have the life that I have. And it's because I started to untangle from that conditioned self and get to know who I really am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and love this so much. What it's all about. So much. And, you know, part of the rewriting of the story is, at least for me, has been the idea that I'm always rewriting my story. I'm yes. always creating my story. And, you know, since my, my breakup and the ending of my relationship and 
going through, you know, the many, many layers to that, you and I started this little practice with each other. What was it last week? I think where we talk about the things that we want as though they've already happened. So this is an element of scripting that story and speaking life into it. So it's not the denial of reality. Like I'm still very connected to the very real reality of my life right now. And this is where I'm going. And I'm going to speak as though it's already here and getting in as much juicy detail as we can. You know, I generally focus about a partner or my business and um, my health. And those are like the main areas that I tend to orbit. But again, like it can be in any area of your life where you want to, you know, transform a certain area. Like it's important to start talking about it as though, it's already happened and in the form that you would like to see it happen. So the way that people are often scripting their lives is they're complaining, they're bemoaning, they're bitching, they are gossiping. And so that is also scripting a story. So it's yes. scripting more of that and yes. it's emotionally tethering you to that reality as well. So our emotions are so potent. I love my so emotions. Potent. I'm a deep diver. Like I have a Scorpio moon. I love emotions and intensity with my emotions. So this type of work is so powerful for me because it allows me to rev up that emotional material in a way that serves not only my best and highest good, but the best and highest good of anyone who comes into my field. And I just love this practice that we've started with each other. It's so fun. And it really does make it feel like, oh, that's that's actually happening right now. Like I can feel the reality of that. It's so great. Wonder, wonderful we get thing to, to do. We, it's so amazing because we get to experience. I mean, like Joe Dispenza says, like we're always looking out there for the experience, but then mm-hmm. it's never going to satiate us. It has to start from coming internally. So that's what this yes. practice does is we get to build this internal well of these beautiful, magical, potent feelings before mm-hmm. the thing is even here. So when the thing arrives, it's it's like overflow. We it, mm-hmm. There's no, most women are going on dates from a complete place of deprivation and depletion. Yeah. And they're like, will you fill my cup? Will you fill my cup? Are you the one? Are you the guy for me? Are you going to be my next boyfriend? Versus being so deeply filled up from within. And that's what the pleasure path is all about. Mm -hmm. Being so deeply filled up from within and, you know, connecting with all those juicy feelings that you want to feel and really like starting to let go of anything that's not in alignment with that. Like go through your wardrobe. If it's not in alignment with you feeling like the heroine of your story, then get get rid rid of of stuff, go through your house, go through your friend group, go through your, like what is in your life that is dense and weighing you down Mm -hmm. versus the things that spark something in you that light something in you. And you know, that's the way that we can control our external right now is just start to let go of those things that don't feel good and really commit to that feeling of feeling good. Um, I, I want to share more to that story. I love how it started because our two of our besties went to Maui without us. I mean, we were invited, but we, <laughs> we chose, were. To not we chose not to go. Um, 
and it, yeah, it was so cute. Like the day you dropped them at the airport and you were just so in that expansiveness and talking mm-hmm. about our Europe trip and talking about like the excitement and, and just like, okay, so they're having this outer experience that's going to activate all these pleasurable feelings. Why don't we cultivate this inner experience while they're gone? Yeah. And it's been such a fun practice. And you are the queen of dreaming up the feelings and rewriting your story. I mean, God, <laughs> I, I, as you were telling it, or as you were talking about it, I was thinking, oh, I want to give an example. So, you know, we're walking through the grocery store and I can see everyone's teeth. Everyone's smiling. There's no, you know, there's no like barrier blocking their mouths. And, you know, we only wash our hands twice a day, not 20 times a day. And, you know, like, like just even with COVID, it's like people get so sucked into complaining Mm -hmm. about the situation as opposed to cultivating how you want to feel and what's, what, what's the experience that's coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, like the reason why I think this is so easy is because I've just collected a lot of data in my life of, Oh, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so once I have the data of what doesn't work, I'm very clear on what would work better because it's the exact opposite of what I've experienced. So even when I I did that one with you and I still feel it in my body of, you know, I like me with my partner where his scent just turns on every cell of my body. So he walks in the door and I'm like sniffing him (laughs) and I can't get enough of it. It's the best. And like just hypnotized almost by like this, this pheromone that he naturally gives off. He doesn't have to do anything. Like it's just, how he is and the energy of like just being cuddled up on his chest and like doing like being the creep that I am I'll be like (laughs) oh my god you smell so good (laughs) sniffing his armpits I have a friend that does that she's obsessed with the smell of her partner's armpits and just like buries her head in there and sniffs Mm -hmm. yeah and I've definitely had partners where that was the case and that's where that evidence came from so it can either come from experiences that you have had that really worked for you or experiences that you've had that didn't work for you because I've also had the exact opposite where on paper my partner was so aligned for me but pheromone wise I'm like oh I can't like, mm-hmm. you can't be around me after you've been sweating. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't handle it. And so those are cues that we need to pay attention to. Like your, your life is full of data, especially your relational life. Mm-hmm. And if we have a series of quote unquote failed relationships, part of rewriting our story around that is looking at, okay, what parts didn't work for me? Like that's valid. That's so valid. And what would work. And let's put that into my avatar. Let's put that into the picture of who I'm calling in next, because it's ultimately going to be like the exact opposite experience of what I've just experienced. So whether that's the pheromones being off, okay, that doesn't work for me. Great. What would work? Well, probably pheromones that smell real good to my system that turn on every cell in my body and that my eyes twinkle when they look at him and his twinkle when they look at me. And there's just this amplification of each other's energy. And that becomes the baseline of the relationship. It doesn't mean that the relationship I'm calling in is going to be this perfect fairy tale where there's no conflict or we you know, don't get along sometimes. Like That's life. 
that is going to happen. And when we have a baseline of joy, when we have a baseline of alignment, all of a sudden we can navigate those challenges because we have more gas in the tank. We have more rapport. We have a baseline to jump from. I love I love this conversation. I love you. Of course, I love this conversation because you're my favorite. I love, <laughs> don't tell anyone, even though they can hear. I love all of my friends. This is going but, out to the world. <laughs> I forgot. I, <laughs> um, I, I love everything you said. It's so cool because in, in the work that I do with women, it's like getting to know your saboteur intimately who lives in the penthouse suite. Mm-hmm. She is the one living in your head and getting into your body, which is where your heroine lives, our inner mm-hmm. guidance system, our inner GPS, our deeper wisdom, truth, intuition, emotional um, guidance, all in the body. Yeah. And that's where we used to operate from fully as children. Your, our mm-hmm. yeses and nos came from our body. But as we got conditioned to not listen to our nose, you know, no, you're going to sit on Santa's knee. You don't have a choice. And we got forced to go against ourselves over and over and over again. Eventually that, that narrator in our mind becomes more powerful. And we start to make choices from that place, make choices that are practical and logical and responsible. And I mean, I even hear clients say that all the time where they're like, Oh, but it's not practical. Like if it's, you're using the word practical to make a decision, you're probably making the decision for your father or for your parents Mm -hmm. or for a teacher or for someone that's not you. Um, And so I love everything you said when you described this man, because the saboteur is like, I want a guy who's successful, who's this, who's that. And it's like all about him versus what you just did was like, that's about how you feel. And that's about your, Mm -hmm. your physical body reacting to this person, which is truth. Mm-hmm. Our inner guidance system is in our bodies. So we will feel our yeses when our senses are lit up. You said my eyes twinkled and like that's mm-hmm. your eyes twinkle because there's an energetic connection between your soul and his soul. Your, your, your nose loves the smell of him because there's an, there's a connection from your body to his body. Mm-hmm. So like this is our GPS and yeah, just love it. This is like, that's the way you manifest your partner. And that's what you, the way you tell if you're aligned or not, if you're, if you're choosing your partner based on a checklist in your mind, based on them being perfect on paper. And I've done that many times. It's really hard to let go of a relationship that's perfect on paper, but not, but, but, but your body's completely not alive. Like that's the heart. Those are some of the hardest relationships to let go of. And I, I had to do that with my partner, Charlie, who I was with for five years. And he was literally perfect on paper and everyone loved him and everyone loved us together. And I was Katie back then. So it was like, Katie and Charlie sound so cute. <laughs> like we were really cute, but I was, my growth was capped and I wasn't feeling the, the expansiveness in the relationship. I basically outgrew the relationship. And I think, you know, that was divine for both of us, but actually to let go of a relationship that had nothing wrong with it, other than I just had this feeling in my body. But when we learn how to live from that place and how to trust that feeling in our bodies, my God, the magic that was around the corner for me, when I had the courage to follow my heart and to let go of the the relationship that was in alignment and then was no longer in alignment so much magic opened up for me so many my life's purpose became more and more and more apparent Mm -hmm. i started to create a life that i loved I, i started i remember being single in my early 30s and i was like 
my God, I don't think I ever want a boyfriend again. Like, this is the best. My life is so good. I can go wherever I want. I don't have to consider anyone. Like, I was just like so free and it was such a beautiful feeling. And yet our minds constantly talk us into going against that inner guidance system. And I believe that's the root of most women's anxiety. Most women who experience anxiety on a regular basis, it's because we're constantly letting our minds lead and going against our inner guidance system, which creates a friction in the body like an out-of-tune guitar and then it's just like wait why, why don't I feel good and then we want to numb the feeling as opposed to you don't feel good because there's a di- there's two parts of you that are that are at discord yeah 100% and I mean you know in my personal experience this is a very very timely topic because that discord was happening for me even though my former partner and I had officially ended our relationship in October, the end of October, but then we still continue to talk to each other almost every day. Uh (laughs) And so there's this discord happening because we can't really blossom both of us like, and he deserves to blossom just as much as I do. And so we're, we're literally tethering to each other. We're holding on to each other and we're saying like, okay, I love you. Even though like we're, we know that we can't be in a relationship together, but I love you and I don't really want to let you go. And so let's just hold on. Let's just hold on. Let's just hold on. And then it gets to the point where there's so much discord in the body where I'm like, I can't keep holding on. It's so uncomfortable in my system to just be me with me that I have to let go. I have to do the thing. And I think that's an important distinction because um, there's a lot of like very masculine personal developmenty stuff out there. That's just like leap and the net will appear and like mm-hmm. take that hard action now. And yeah, sometimes that's really valuable. And like, that's what we need. Like I definitely have needed that at pockets, but like this relationship, I needed something that was a little more gentle. I needed yeah. a slower offboarding process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and obviously he did too, because we were in that together. So, yeah. and then when we had our actual completion, completion conversation, we were in the same place. We've been feeling the same thing. We've been feeling that same discord, him in his body, me in my body. I'm like, oh, that's a relief because now we can really let each other go with love and let each other go with grace. And it doesn't have to be this like terrifying, like the floor from underneath me is being like ripped out. Like I can take my next step because my footing is strong. Like my foundation is strong and he can take his next step knowing his foundation is strong. And we can, you know, have faith and trust that we're going in the directions that we need to go. And do that with love and respect and kindness. And, you know, that's, that's an important thing to keep in mind. Sometimes like we, we sometimes might need a longer offboarding process to be able to take that step in the direction of what we know is most aligned and like letting go of the discord. And it's okay if we need to take as long as we take, you're never really off purpose. No thing. Like it might even in those moments where you feel discord, you might be like, oh, I'm so off purpose. But actually that's part of you getting more data, more information on what ultimately is fine tuning in your purpose. So it's never really off purpose and it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. And 
I, I, all our souls are so unique. We are all so unique. And there's this, there's this lie we've been fed that everything is supposed to look the same. Breakups are supposed to be the same way. And that, you know, when you get divorced, it's supposed to look this way and that we're all supposed to be married. We're all supposed to be with one person forever and ever. We're all supposed to have kids. And if we can't, if we don't, it better be because we can't like, there's this script that we're all that again, that we've been handed and that life is Mm. supposed to be the same for all of us. And yet we're so unique. Actually, Catherine, my podcast partner and I were talking, I have a podcast as well. We'll tell you about that in a sec. It's called the new truth. Um, and we were talking today about the how we do that, how I hear women all the time say, oh, I just want what my parents have. And my parents have the most beautiful marriage. And I used to say this because my parents are adorable, still married, totally in love, have a great marriage. But at, when I hear my clients say this or I hear women say this, I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. If, you, if we were to look at your astrology and your parents' astrology, I guarantee you, your soul Different. is not the same as your parents. Mm-hmm. And yet we are, we literally are like, sheep lined up, you know, here's the herd, like just follow this path. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what your life is supposed to look like. And it Mm -hmm. takes a lot of fucking courage to be a rebel rebel who veers off path and who actually where you learn how to live from honoring your own heart and your own inner guidance Mm -hmm. system and your own truth. And everyone's experience is going to look different. Mm-hmm. It like one breakup might be quick and instant and another yeah. breakup takes 10 years to, to happen and unfold. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you experience, that's what you were meant to experience is like, there yeah. is no one way to do anything. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing is that we keep coming home to ourselves and we keep deepening that relationship within ourselves and keep remembering who we are so that we can make decisions that are in alignment with our truth rather than make mm-hmm. decisions based on what we think we should do based on what other people are doing based on these unspoken or spoken pressures that are all around us. I love that. If you were to give some advice to someone who is kind of new to making decisions from their truth, what, what would you advise them to do? Well, I would say, I mean, gosh, there's so many things. Definitely go to the New Truth podcast because that's all we talk about every episode. It's called The New Truth, The Modern Woman's Guide to Extraordinary Love. But we like talk about accessing your truth in a million different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one place to start. Um, definitely, if you're brand new to this path, I would say, I mean, we're I never did it alone. I I believe that our wounds, well, I learned this in counseling. This is not my saying, but I really believe it deeply. Our wounds were formed in relationship and have to be healed in Mm -hmm. relationship. And we have so many blind spots that we can't see because we're, we're in it. Yeah. You you can't see the water you're swimming in because you're swimming in it. Mm -hmm. And so certainly having reflection and, and working with someone, um, I have a saboteur mini course that I'm gifting your audience to start to help you understand your saboteur. For me, that was the first step. I had to get to know all of my patterns and get to know all of the ways in which I was disassociated for myself and which mm-hmm. in which I was abandoning myself and abusing myself. And I had to get to know that part of me first before I could really, really drop in and live from the clear place of truth. Um, it's a moment to moment practice. It's a day to day. Like you said, like the heroin journey is a never ending unfolding. There's no destination. There's no way to get to. Um, but 
I believe that our truth is always there. Like everyone has a story or 10 million stories of all the times where your inner guidance system was like, don't go to that party or don't go on that date, or it's just a no. And you push through and we're like, oh, I should, because I can't let the other person down. Oh, I got to marry this guy. This is a story. Most of my clients have the story of even having that feeling on their wedding day where it was a no. And their mind was like, we already spent all this money. I can't let him down. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to let my family down. All my friends are married. All these logical reasons why Mm -hmm. to go against the inner guidance system. So I would say a practice just to start with is just to make a list of all the, all the times and all the places where you, where your truth was so loud Mm. and start to celebrate that because it's Mm. always there. Your body will always talk to you. Sometimes it's through an injury. Sometimes it's through getting sick sometimes it's through anxiety but your body is always talking to you your gps Mm -hmm. doesn't get shut off we just get our saboteur mind gets so loud that we stop being able to to listen and we just got get so used to tuning it out it's like there being Mm -hmm. background white noise like there's a drill outside but it's there every day so you don't even notice it anymore that's what it's like so just start to collect evidence and start to remember all the times which your guidance system was so accurate and you went against it. And then after you were like, Oh, I should have listened to myself. I mean, this happens every day, mm-hmm. even with silly things, like don't put the keys there. You have this like sense, like to not put the keys somewhere. And then all of a sudden you're like, where are the keys? It's so it's always talking. So yeah, I mean, get to know yourself intimately in your internal world. The, the root of, I mean, coming back to our, why there's no good men in our city, the root of all our challenges with relationship, whether you're a single woman struggling to find love or a single woman that's hating dating or a woman in a relationship that wishes she was in another one, or it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, the, the root of every relationship challenge is simply a disconnected relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like that saboteur part is leading so strongly and you're disconnected from the core of who you are, which is your heroine, in my words. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, you know, to just amplify and, you know, add to what you shared, like getting back in the body is so helpful and supportive of extracting yes. that gold. Yeah. So, even if we do a pleasure practice. So, you know, get some water and drink it slowly and feel how the water feels in your mouth, feel how it feels when you swallow it and just do that practice so intentionally or, you know, get into the body somehow, you know, through movement. And I find for me, that's a great access point to finding more of my truth is when I start moving some of the stagnant energy that's built up in my body. Maybe I need a green juice. So I go to like the very baseline of my experience. Like if I can't access my truth, because let's say it's really muddy right now, how do I clean up the energy in my body. So maybe I need to move, maybe I need to sleep, maybe I need to hydrate, maybe I need to eat. And those things are so supportive in connecting to that evidence of like, oh, where did I, you know, know my truth and I didn't follow it. And if you're filled up on that baseline level, it's going to be much easier to sit with what you find. But if you're hungry, if you're tired, if you're irritable, if your body is feeling achy because it wants to move or it needs to stretch, when you find that information, 
it might be really challenging to sit with and you might not use it in a way that empowers a new story. So we want to make sure that you're taking care of on your physical level and on an emotional level so that we can do this extraordinary excavation that you're giving them. Yes. It's so, so needed to search for that information. Like, Oh, like my body is my ally. Like, Oh, it did. It did signal me. And this is how it signals to me because how your truth signals you is likely different than how mine signals me. Yes. And I can learn from you because what you share will open up my perspective and it'll have me connect in different ways to myself. But ultimately like that information might come through differently for me. Yes. Yeah. And there's, I, yeah, I'm so glad you brought in the body. I mean, everything's embodiment, everything's Mm -hmm. getting out of your head and back into your body. And, you know, I think whenever I do things like breath meditation workshops, or I just discovered some amazing Joe Dispenza meditations that took me into a really deep altered state. The truth is there when you're, when you're in an altered state, like breath meditation workshops, if you haven't done them before, there's many different types of breath work. Um, It's beautiful. So healing it, it uh, opens up um, f- your your any floodgates that are blocking your feelings. Mm-hmm. So anything you've been feeling and repressing comes through when you do breath work, yeah. uh, or it does for me, anyways. But it, it'll it'll connect you with your body in a way you haven't been connected to your body before. If it if you do it and it feels aligned, and for me, it takes me into an altered state. And then there's so much guidance. It's like, oh, here's where you're out of alignment. Here's where mm-hmm. you're, there's so much journaling's another way, another practice. Yeah of practicing venting whatever the story is that you're believing then uncovering how you're feeling underneath it because our honesty lies underneath the stories not in them Mm -hmm. um so yeah any any ways to connect with your body or to connect with your senses to connect with your expression will allow you to drop in deeper to your Mm -hmm. own truth totally and obviously your pleasure so anything that connects you back to your pleasure is inevitably going to be so supportive in opening that portal. Yeah. And like, this is why this is called the pleasure portal. This is why that is the direction of my work going forward because yeah, we can learn through challenge and struggle. Sure. There's value in that at certain pockets of our life. I am at a place in my life where I'm not interested in that anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm only interested in working with women who are also on that path of wanting to learn through pleasure and learn through ease and know that there is magic to be had and cultivated and experienced in their own life because they have some connection to it already. They've had these moments where, oh yeah, that was really magical or that was very serendipitous or, huh, I did listen to my intuition or my womb and it led me exactly where I needed to go. Like mama Gina, I know we're both big fans of her. If you haven't read the book pussy and you have a pussy, I would highly recommend you read it. Um, it is one of the most extraordinary books of our time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And one of the exercises she gives in that book is every morning, check in with your pussy. Like, where does she want to go? What does she want to do? Who does she want to do it with? And <laughs> oh, I was just imagining who does she want to do? <laughs> or who does she want to do? Yes, that too. And listen, listen to the guidance for one week. And then the next week you do the same exercise and whatever guidance she gives you, you don't do, you do the opposite. And you get this contrasting experience of like, whoa, 
My body really is the oracle. Like the pussy is the portal. And this is so potent for women to reclaim because again, like we could go on a whole other tangent about this, but like the disconnection that happens between women in their womb space, women in their pussies, like it's, in my opinion, one of the reasons why we get stuck in these narratives of there are no good men, like it's never working out for me because I'm not connected into my truth. And my truth resides in my womb space, in my pussy. Like that is where I get my information. I was talking to one of our girlfriends, Christina, and I'm like, yeah, when I see something violent on TV, like I feel pain in my Mm. pussy. Mm. Like I, I tense, but I also feel like this stabbing pain in my body and it comes through the portal of my pussy. So the more that I've cultivated that relationship, the more I am getting a lot of downloads, a lot of insight. That's obviously like our womb space is where our creativity and our creation energy dwells. So it makes sense to have a connection to this part of our body. And for a lot of women, we don't, or the connection that we have is, is not a good one given past traumas or experiences or conditioning or narratives that we get from the patriarchy. And like, there's just a lot of reclamation that can happen through a choice through a choice of I am choosing to create an alliance with my womb space, an alliance with my pussy, an alliance with my intuition, an alliance with my truth. And then showing up every day, how can I be an example of that alliance with myself and my truth today and make choices from that place instead of letting life happen to you. And we're kind of floating around like wet noodles in an ocean. Like let's actually anchor and say, no, yes. I am the captain of this ship and I will direct it and I will, you know, work with the rhythms of the ocean. I'm not going to fight them, but I'll work with them, but I'm directing the ship and where we're going. Yes. And pleasure is so addictive. Mm-hmm. And it's like the more you have, the more you want to have. It's so addictive. It's so beautiful. And it opens up so much more. Like I was saying with the cup metaphor earlier, like we're going on dates, expecting men to fill our cups mm-hmm. is like, if you were in your saboteur mind and you were thinking there's no good men in the city or I'll never find love or whatever you're thinking, you're, it means you think that feeling good is outside of yourself. That's like the bottom line of mm-hmm. any statement where you want the world or someone around you to be different. Yeah. Every that means you're just disconnected mm-hmm. from your own pleasure because guess what? When you get into a relationship and you attract that epic love with the man who you want to eat because he smells so good, <laughs> so good. and <laughs> his eyes sparkle and all of that, like when you actually experience that, I mean, first of all, if you're thinking that's the thing, well, that's going to dissipate. That feeling's mm-hmm. only going to be there in the beginning, which is why in the old paradigm of relationship, there's that honeymoon phase where it's a high mm-hmm. because you're disassociated but the, everything that you feel with that man, you're not feeling him. We're actually feeling ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're, when we fall in love with someone, we think, oh my God, it's him. It's not him. It's you. You're in love with how you feel when you're with him. Mm-hmm. You're in love with how you feel when you're around your aligned friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is, it's all you. And so when you commit to the pleasure journey and you commit to feeling good and you commit to owning everything and knowing that all of your beautiful feelings, the pleasurable ones and the painful ones are all you. 
my God, like everything that you get in your life becomes overflow because they're, they're not needing to fill some part of you up. You're not expecting mm. the love to come from outside of yourself. You're building a well of it from within. And now you're going to actually be aligned for the, for the right match. And you're not going to give your power away by thinking they're responsible for your good feelings. Because mm. what happens on the flip side of that is once the honeymoon phase is over, you get into a relationship and your patterns start playing out that that's when we look to them and say, hey, why aren't you attracted to me anymore? Why don't you look at me the way you used to? We blame them for the disconnect as opposed to realizing, oh, wait, it was me because I gave him all the credit in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And now I'm blaming him for it not being here. Mm -hmm. But it's because I gave him the credit. It's you. It's all mm -hmm. you. So come home to your pussy, to your womb, to your body, Ooh. to your heart, to living yes. your life from your heart. And... Yeah, I mean, you'll have a completely different experience in the world with dating, relationships, love, friendships, all of it. Mm, 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 mm. I feel like this is a perfect transition to move into our rapid fire oh. questions on pleasure. Um, yummy, yummy, yum. Okay, let me pull them up. Ooh, okay. Um, how does your relationship with pleasure look in your daily life? Well, currently I have a um, jade egg inserted in my pussy, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which I like to jade egg on a regular basis. My mornings, I don't do any of my coaching calls or anything. 11 a.m. is the earliest I'll start. Most days, 12 um, and so I have pleasure practice in the morning. So I wake up and I do, I do my celery juice and I, that's my current practice. I allow it to have flow and to be what I need it to be. Um, but my mornings look like actually right now I'm doing a lot of face yoga, which brings me a lot of joy and I'm turning <laughs> 40, 40 this year and I'm doing the like reverse aging. So that's fun. Um, and often a lot of movement and dance. I signed up up two years ago for, you know, Army of Sass. It's now called Empower yeah. Dance. And that totally changed my life in such a big way. I mean, I had no idea that I could twerk and do like dance in heels. And I thought I was an awkward girl who couldn't dance. And so to be able to drop into my body in that way. So dancing has been a really big one for me. Mm. Um, singing. I sing a lot. Often if I feel sadness, I love to sing. So uh, it, it, and, it, and sadness is correlated with the lungs. And so yes. singing is a way that I experience a lot of pleasure and moving the energy that's stagnant or the emotion that's stagnant. I keep thinking the cat on your pillow is an actual cat. I know, right? <laughs> I, know, um, so I wish I had a pussy cat, but I don't know a pet <laughs> in my building. But definitely walking in nature is a huge part of my pleasure practice. Um, I go for walks on the ocean almost mm -hmm. every day. And my exercise rituals, my sisterhood um, is a massive, massive part of pleasure. I mean, my God, I think of the holidays. This was the best. It's so cool that like one of the gifts of COVID, this was mm -hmm. the best. Like we couldn't, I couldn't spend Christmas with my family. And I'm very traditional in that sense because I love our Christmas traditions, but it was so beautiful that we got to cultivate something completely different. Mm -hmm. So we had we had Leah's birthday doing yeah. magical things, and then we had Christmas dinner doing magical things, and then we did New Year's Eve doing magical things. And and then it was, wasn't it someone, oh, Allie's birthday right after, mm -hmm. like we just had magical sisterhood time. And yeah. yeah, sisterhood for me is a massive, massive piece of my pleasure. Mm 
connecting and um, yeah, I'm still waking up to all the crystal dildo world and you're my guide for the sexual pleasure <laughs> taking me to the next level. But um, yeah, I mean, pleasure for me is like anytime I'm able to bring myself to the present moment and actually be connected with my body and connected with my senses and yeah, I mean, going out for fancy dinners to Annalena and yeah, mm-hmm. all the things, mm-hmm. all the things. I love that. Okay. What is one thing that is an instant turn on for you? Ooh, I mean, when you said that word, I got turned on. I like, <laughs> well, I'm pretty sensitive. So, um, Europe, mm-hmm. Europe. When I'm in Europe, I literally get off the plane and I am turned on the whole time I'm there and I'm there twice a year. Um, As you know, I do retreats there and I am like just so turned. It doesn't matter what city I'm in, small town, big city, doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what part of Europe, every place I go to, my body is so turned on. Mm -hmm. Um, Also energetic eye contact, like that, that to me is a bigger turn on than having sex. Like I would, I can get more from an energetic eye exchange mm-hmm. than for, like, it's just so, it's such a turn on when, when I can feel someone's soul and like that. Yeah. Connection. Yummy. I love that. Ooh. How has pleasure impacted your sense of self? Oh, hmm. um, it completely transformed my sense of self because my life before wasn't about me. When my saboteur was running the show, my life was about me pleasing everyone else, which Mm -hmm. I think is so common for women. And so, I mean, learning how to design a life that's deeply pleasurable for me and that sacred act of sacred selfishness or sacred self-centeredness of being Mm -hmm. able to be centered within me first I mean, it just completely changed. I was so insecure when I was the people pleaser mm-hmm. and cared so much what other people thought and didn't think I was smart or good at anything. Like I was just, just a totally different person. So pleasure has given me my sense of self, I would say. Mm, yummy. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The last one. Okay. Last question. If you could whisper a nugget of pleasure wisdom to 13 year old you, what would you tell her? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. Uh, I would say your life is your own. It's nobody else's. Your body is your own. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is that you feel good in your body. And if something doesn't feel good, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And if it does feel good, like that, that that's, that's actually what you're meant to experience. I think of as girls, we're not like I had sex for the first time when I was, I think I was a bit of a late bloomer, 18, 17. Um, but I had sex for the guy cause I wanted to impress him and I didn't want him to leave. And right. so uh, that breaks my heart. I just think, uh, for as a young girl, I would have loved to be like sacredly selfish and be like, wait, mm-hmm. you don't know how to pleasure me. Oh, wait, I'm not ready yet. Like, what are you doing? Forcing your you know, dick into my like not ready. Like it's just mm-hmm. so we're, it's like we, we get raised in this man's world where it's like, there's no education around women and their bodies and how different we are and how delicate mm-hmm. we are and how we take time and, and attention. And yeah, I would, I would teach my little self to be a queen. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. On that note, where can all of the queens of the world find you? And what are you up to? What are you offering? Let yes. Thank you. Um, my Instagram handle is Kate Harlow XO. Um, and I hang out there a little bit. <laughs> like it's been, <laughs> you're my inspiration in my, all my meetings with my team there. It's always, your name always comes up like, okay, so how Kelsey shows up every day. I'm like, I'm like so resistant, but I do show up. There's some good stuff on there. Sorry to yeah. auntie. So my Instagram, um, but on my Instagram in the link tree, there's a link to the saboteur mini course. That's totally free. It's amazing. Love it's it. a condensed version of what I do in my master classes. Um, so that's really great. And my website is expandedlovemethod.com. This work, the saboteur and heroine is called the expanded love method. And I'm the creator of it. And I, what was, oh, I have one more thing coming up that's in the work. So if you follow me mm -hmm. on Instagram, you'll see it. Um, I'm launching a program. I'm doing a, a workshop on Valentine's day called aligned closure. And it's for mm -hmm. women who are, have recently gone through divorce or breakup and mm -hmm. how to close and complete that with, um, alignment within yourself. And then, um, I'm launching a course in the beginning of March called heartbreak alchemy about how to alchemize your heartbreak into an awakening, into a catalyst for a whole new you. So super excited about that. Um, hmm. All of those things are to come. So if you stay connected to me on Instagram, you will learn about it there. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. And I love you. Thank you for taking I the time you. today and sharing your wisdom and your brilliance and your love with me and with the audience. Like you are just so special and I am thrilled to share this with the world real soon. Mm, thank you, my love. Such an honor and a pleasure to be here. Pleasure. Yes. Pleasure. This is my daily pleasure practice. Yes. Mm -mm -mm, Conversation with Kelsey. <laughs> awesome. I love you so much. Thank you. Love you.